people and welcome to episode 109 of Game Life Balance Australia. I am your effervescent host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined as always by the man who discovered radiation the hard way, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Look, there was a sex doll and it was made of plutonium. <laughs> Did it have one of those little stickers? That, you there know? was only one thing I could do, Rob. I needed to power my DeLorean. <laughs> That's what I call my penis, by the way. <laughs> Very 1980s, gullwing doors and obsolescent. Leaves a trail of fire behind it. <laughs> it, go, it goes in hot and it comes out cold. <laughs> oh, Frozen even. Oh, what have we done? I can't orgasm these days without yelling at 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> it is indeed a mighty, mighty steed. Um... <laughs> We're back, AC. We're back after a hiatus. Not quite as long a hiatus as some other people. Some other game life balance franchises out there, we might say. Not quite as long. They they were like, what, two years? Yeah. Three years? Yeah, they really, really slacken. Really bad, really bad. But then they came back. (laughs) They did. And then they did like two episodes in a month and we went, this can't stand. (laughs) That's right. We can't have them doing more than we we ever will. And so we we got back in the saddle. I I enjoyed our brief period of like feeling superior to them. And now I'm back to feeling inferior again and I want to correct that. <laughs> that's that's literally why we're recording today because they recorded we were, we can't we we can't let them get a heads up on us. That's right. Can't let them win. We're nothing if not competitive. Yeah. Well, it's the Australian spirit. It is pointlessly Australian- competitive. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad they're back though Yeah uh, I'm really happy they're back This is I, the US version of the Game Life Balance podcast For those who don't, aren't hearing the yep. subtext here um, Podcast extraordinaire Cody Goff And his friend Uncle Stabbo <laughs> that's, that's a fair I think it's a very fair characterization If, if you look it up Because, um, because uh, Cody is very active on social media mm-hmm. uh, In fact he won an award And I can't remember what the award was um, some kind of podcasting award. I think it was the Podcasters Choice Awards or something like that. I want yeah. to say it was some sort of like you know, demo- like they put it to the vote. Yeah, the people chose. The people chose, and they chose Cody. And then I and it's Kim pointing at his trophy, and then I photoshopped that and just said most anime ass anime hair ever. <laughs> he does have anime hair. Uh, I forgot that we mocked him for that. Yes, <laughs> oh, it's kind and of not only that, now. but I, 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 for whatever reason, like I photoshopped this in five minutes, and it was quite late at night. And I thought, oh, I just can't go to bed without doing this first. And then I tweeted it out, and then I had like a whole bunch of retweets and likes and like comments the next morning. And Cody was like, "How did you photoshop this so well? It's like the same color and like the reflection and everything." And like that, and goes, "I don't know. I was like half a bottle of whiskey into whatever I was doing last night, and that was the result of it. Most anime." Award for most anime ass anime hair ever. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. Well, we we are glad that they're back, but yep. it did also it kindled a fire. AC it, it kindled did. a podcasting fire in our um. I want to say nether regions, but that's not what I want to say. But oh, my red nether regions are on fire. It put a fire in my belly and a fire under my balls, and so that's <laughs> why we're here. We're here to to set the record straight and mm-hmm. reclaim our crown as the 
Game Life Balance podcasts that uploads the most frequently. <laughs> you know, we have to do this a couple of times now because, like, we did this last year. We only did this like three times, yes. two or three times last year. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like, and you know, people, we got a lot of feedback saying, you know, you need, you guys need to do this more. That's right. And it's like we were going, yes, we do, and then subsequently did not do it more because. <laughs> Because we are both incredibly busy people. Yeah. Very incredibly busy people. Like, mm-hmm. you got married last yes. year. That's right. I'm married. I'm, I'm back, in, back in the marriage saddle, baby. <laughs> back in the marriage saddle? That's, that's the phrase I wanted to use yep, okay. at the wedding. It got vetoed. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because your, your, your wife kicked you in the balls, but, you know. Yeah, and that's how I, the other reason I got the fire in my balls. <laughs> Reason number two. <laughs> Great uh, balls of fire. Yeah, a lot has happened. A, a lot, lot has happened since we last recorded. A lot has happened indeed. We are um, we are coming steaming, trailblazing towards the end of uh, 2022. That's right. Um, usually, believe. we would do a Christmas episode. Yeah. In this uh, in this in this month. It gads you're right. But instead, we've chosen to do something else. We have chosen to be uno numero. As it were. In fact, Uno Numero Deluxe. We're the number one game life balance podcast, and so it makes sense that we should be covering the number one game. The, num- the number one game of the entire 90s. Mm-hmm. Forget Street Fighter. Forget uh, Super Mario World. Forget anything that came after or before that, because we played... Uno Deluxe for the Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn, of course, being the number one system of the 90s. And, of course, they would have the number one game of the 90s, which was Uno Deluxe. These are all facts. We've said nothing but facts. Yeah. I I wish it wasn't the case, but um, I'm afraid that the Saturn won all wars. Mm -hmm. Anything came before and anything that came afterwards. Like Sega did the Dreamcast afterwards and they just went... It's just not as good as the Saturn. Like, we should just get out of the hardware business altogether. Yeah. We're, we're out. They realized that they'd peaked. They're at the, yep. they're at the top of their game, and they retired. They, yep. they, they just said, look, I've hit my hit my career best. Nothing's going to match Uno D- DX. No. Nope. So Nothing's going to match the Saturn. I think we should just I think we should just bow out, you know, take our winnings like a good poker player. And yep. just, you know. And just make software. Yep. You know, just rest on our laurels. Just make a lot while. of Sonic games. <laughs> I think that's where they fell down. <laughs> I beg to differ. No, no, I'm not going to go into the bat for Sonic. Heavens no. I mean, Mania was okay, but, you know, anyway. We're getting off topic, AC. Uno DX. Okay, so Uno DX, as some of you may be incredibly surprised to learn, is actually a game about the card game Uno. I'm shocked. But it's the deluxe edition. Ooh, I like deluxe things. Yes. So, this is basically... Deluxe Uno is one way of saying it. Mm. Anime Ass Uno is the other way of saying this this game. (laughs) Much like Cody needs Anime Ass Anime Hair. This is Anime Ass Uno. Yeah, look, let's just say that Cody would fit right into the cast of this game. (laughs) He actually would. Oh, God, I want to Photoshop that so bad right now. (laughs) Maybe that can be our our, our cover art for this. You go and and Photoshop that and send it to me, and I will ensure that that goes up as the... Okay, I I need to make a note of this. So, Basically, this is a 1998 game that came out for the Sega Saturn, and it is Japan exclusive. That's right. And there is a reason why it's Japan exclusive. It's because, number one, um, like in the mid to late 90s, nobody really cared about Uno outside of playing it with friends occasionally while drunk. Yes. Sort of thing. I think that's fair. 
Yeah. Uno is particularly popular in Japan because it can actually... It's a popular pastime that pretty much anyone of any age can play. Hmm. The rules are pretty simple. Mm-hmm. And you can also deviate from the rules and have your own rules, which we'll talk about in a minute. And it is actually one of those games that is available at convenience stores. Right. So you can actually buy a deck of Uno cards at convenience stores across Japan. There you go. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's that ubiquitous. Um, so basically, when you load up this game, it has like a two minute long anime cutscene. It does. It's pretty great. It's like a girl and she's at her desk and she's looking sort of wistfully, I'm going to say, out the window of the classroom. And um, then there's like, I think there's like a long establishing shot of the school and then anime happens. Yeah. Basically you see all the characters, they're doing their wacky things. You've got like the tough guy who's like the main character, I suppose, because you see him first. You've got the nerd girl who spends her life in the library and she has braids and she kind of talks like this. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the nerd, like the other nerd girl who's like hardcore, doesn't you know, unkempt appearance with large glasses. Mm-hmm. You've got the guy who is obviously like 50 years old, except he is pretending to be an 18 year old with like tiny glasses. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got the, uh, probably who is the teacher, mm-hmm. uh, who has massive, um, breasts <laughs> yeah. and a mini skirt and goes, ho, 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 ha, da, da, whenever she wins. She can be my teacher any day. Yeah. She can teach me mathematics. Oh yeah. You've, <laughs> I don't know what that means. One plus one is two, baby. Oh, yeah. And basically, those two do not keep in sync. When I should she... have gone with biology. Why the biology? <laughs> Damn it. Stupid. Stupid. And basically, you just have your other characters as well. You've got a yeah. couple of more. Like, you've got the smart guy character who's like has the perfect hairstyle. Very aloof looking guy. Yeah. yeah. And you've got like the the young genius girl with like the hair and pigtails with ribbons and stuff like that. So basically, it's just an entire anime ass anime crew. Mm-hmm. And they're part of the Uno Club. Mm-hmm. At this school. Yeah. And there are a few different modes you can play. And there are a few different rule sets you can play. So when you go in, you can just choose free Uno. Mm-hmm. So free Uno is just like you just you just play Uno. And you can choose between international rules. Or you can choose between Japanese rules. So international rules, I think, are straight Uno. This is how you're meant to play the game. It's by the book. By the book. So in other words, if you get a card and you don't have another card, you can't play it strategically and keep it. You have to put it down. You have to play it if if you don't have any other cards of that color or number or whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and Japan rules is you can play strategically. Like you can keep the card. You don't have to play a card. You can skip yourself. But you have to. You still have to draw a card mm-hmm. um, before you. You can't just skip. But if you draw a card and you, and you don't want to play it, it, it like lets you choose to keep it, which mm. is just wild and crazy. And there's this other rule you can do where you can uh, challenge someone. So the challenge system is when if someone does draw four on you, mm-hmm. and you go, "Oh God, I don't want to draw four and you challenge. And what happens is you pick three of your random cards, three of their random cards. And this is all done by the computer within like, or the Saturn within a second. And then like a random card is chosen from the top of the deck and it flashes through each, all three cards really quickly. Yeah. And if you have a corresponding number or color and you, you select it really quickly, yeah, then you can win that. But the chances are incredibly low that that will happen. Yes. Uh, and then if, if you challenge and win, they have to draw four. If you challenge and lose, you have to draw six. Yes. So the stakes are high. It's, it's, it's a risky move. It's a very risky move. 
but uh, it is it is one that is is interesting to play. I will say. Um, the other thing I will say is that this, when you play free, you know, it's more of a points game. Mm. So you win and then you get like a hundred points or something. It's like first to 500 points. You can keep playing afterwards or you can say, I don't want to play this game anymore. Let's move on to the next game. And then all of the remaining three people who you are playing against, like all of their stuff drops to zero and then it goes to, um, to the winner and you just move on to the next round. So you can choose how you want to play. You can choose the, like the challenge rules and the, and the international rules between Japanese rules. So there's actually quite a bit of variety there. Mm. And then you get to the animation. Yeah. I think this is the thing that makes it like interesting because when I look, when AC pitched this to me, like I didn't think I was like an Uno game. That sounds kind of boring, you know, but the, when you're playing the game, because, you know, the way it works is, like, you select your character at the start of the game, like almost like a fighting game, basically. Hmm. And so that you'll have, a, in, say, a four-player match, there'll be, like, your character and three other characters. And when you do things in the game, your character does a little, like, you know, says something. <clears throat> like, if, if you're playing a skip card or whatever, that they say, they say it out loud. And then the other player, like, reacts. So if you skip past someone, they'll be like, oh, or like, ah, or they'll have a little reaction to it. Or if they're, like, Um, doing a draw four or draw two, they'll go, oh, come in and say, like, if you're, like, the nerd girl or something like that. You say, like, you're sorry or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, And, yeah, like, it adds, it really adds something to the the game to see these little reactions and stuff. It's hard to sort of explain, but um, it, it, it sort of simulates what it's like to play Uno with a group of people and have them all kind of react to what's happening. You know, like, no one likes... No one likes the devastating blow that's dealt when you play a draw four on them. <laughs> and like the characters will sort of respond to that by going like freaking out a bit. Mm. And that really does add something. It makes it more fun than just like if it was just a black screen with like a bunch of numbers and cards on it. Having the characters and like the, the backgrounds and stuff. Because all the backgrounds as well are like different locations in the school. Like classroom or library or you know at the front of the school yeah or the sick bay we played yeah we played a game in the sick bay which is really odd but yeah it's basically all you go around the school Mm -hmm. and you challenge different people to uno that's like the story yeah there's a story mode too do you Mm. want to talk about the story mode well let's go through there's like there's like free mode then there's match mode yes and so you kind of like kind of more complicated match play between other characters and then there's advance mode Mm. And I was like going advanced mode. What's that? It's kind of like basically adventure mode. Yes. Uh, it's the it's where you it's only one player, mm-hmm. and you go and challenge people around the school. All the other characters. You're the main character, so it's basically the story of the game. Mm-hmm. And you play one on one Uno. Mm-hmm. And those motherfuckers do not mess around with you. Yeah. They just go, oh, here's the cards. Okay, skip, 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 reverse, which is basically in one-on-one Uno. Also skip. Mm-hmm. Um, draw four. Uh, here's a four so you can fire back. And you go skip and a blue. And they go, oh, I got a blue. And then Uno, done. Yeah, it's it's rough. I mean, if you've played one-on-one Uno with like your friends and family, you know how how like brutal that can be. And the, the AI in this game doesn't hold back. No. They, they go for the throat. And that's what we should also mention is that the Uno mechanic of saying Uno when it's you there. have one card is there. You yes. have to press. You don't have to. There is an option to turn it off, but that's like for babies. Um, basically, <laughs> that's for wusses. Yeah. And Rob got caught out. <laughs> Rob said, no, no, we're not going to turn that on. And then he got caught out a couple of times. I think pretty much every time I was about to like win, I would fuck up the Uno thing. Yeah, and- you meant to press the C button. Yeah. And if somebody else does not... Um, say Uno, you can press the B button and then you go, Oh, Jotomate! And mm-hmm. then Uno, catch you! 
Yeah. Oh, no, it's no. So Uno check, Uno yeah. check. And if you say Uno check, and they um, did not say Uno, then they have to draw another two cards. Yeah, and it's just funny that the game does that because I was sitting there like wondering, like, does this game have that mechanic? And the answer is absolutely, it does. It, it's a core mechanic of the um, game. <laughs> it is probably the only thing about the game that's interesting in a way. Is like that 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 whole like when you're playing with human beings, mm. that's the most fun. Mm. Is like it's like catching people out when they don't say Uno. It's yeah. great, and the game has that in it, which is fantastic. And like, there's a special animation for when they catch you out and not only that the music changes as well mm-hmm. like it kind of goes into hard music mode and like it mm-hmm. kind of makes everything more intense and you're going oh my god is he gonna see yeah. the one problem with playing with other people mm. is that you can see their cards that is the big i'm gonna say like critique i would have, have of this game the one yeah. thing that i think is i don't know how they would solve this honestly but it is a it is a big problem with any any two-player game like this where you're kind of competing with each other and you've got like a hand or something like that that you're just supposed to hold back in real life. Well, you can't do that when you're both staring at the same screen. So I could see all of AC's cards and he could see all of mine when we were playing Uno together with like two AI players. Um, so we ended up just kind of helping each other to win because like there was no point competing with each other on some level. Like we we tried, but yeah. and there's a lot of randomness in Uno. So it's still... You know, there's still a game there in some regards. Yeah, there's still a, a, a slight strate- a strategic advantage, but Even it also kind of <laughs> yeah. like you can't see the AI's card, and sometimes it looks like the AI are coordinating as well mm. because the AI just kind of like wants to trounce you. Yeah, like these these people are like the AI is a serious Uno player. Mm-hmm. It cannot be understated that they want to fucking win. Yeah, uh, and they don't make any errors. Yeah, yeah. And with us, like they call you out, like they say Uno every time, and you, uh, like they will call you out immediately if yeah. you don't say Uno. I never got away with not saying Uno, and they will, and they always said Uno every mm. time. So they don't, they don't fuck up. It no. seems. Um, I couldn't see any. We didn't see any difficulty setting in the menus or anything. Which, by the way, the menus are kind of cool because they're like a chalkboard. Like you're in a classroom, and all mm. the menus are sort of like the conceders that you're writing like the the rules of the match on the chalkboard as you sort of select the settings for the match, which Mm. is kind of a cute little interfacey thing. It's not a big deal, but it's... It's meant to be like a school club. It does add to the feeling. You're part of the Uno club at your school. Yeah. And, you know, you can play the different players and see all their different animations and stuff like that. And you can go, you know, like advanced adventure mode and like play the story and against different characters. I'm guessing that you can, after you win against a character, you can save because there was a save option there. Um And then I'm guessing as you advance through, you have to play more and more players who are also trying to like come at you basically so uh, it's probably we would probably take a lot of time because uno is not just like there is a bit of skill involved but it's also very random as well and the ai i get the feeling this game like likes to cheat in other words likes to make the games go longer yeah i I imagine that you'd have to sort of bash away at this for a while Mm. to get through that story mode and it could be a little bit frustrating um, if you don't get a good set of cards and mm. that kind of thing. But you can actually just sit on the couch with your mate and just play this real fucking chill. Yeah. Like, that's what we did. Like, you and I were just, like, talking about what's going on what, because, you know, we don't see each other as much anymore. I've been overseas for three months, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, Rob's, we're both really busy with our lives. And we were just, like, sitting there, like, kind of shooting the shit and, like, playing Uno at the same time. And yeah. I think that's probably what caught Rob out. Yeah, I was say too relaxed. A couple of times, yeah. I, it's definitely like to borrow from the language of our US friends. This is like a sit back game, not mm. a sit forward game. Like mm. you, you kind of just chill and relax. You can you can just talk and 
that's like the, one of the good things about the game, especially if you're a bit tired and at the end of a long week, like AC and me, hmm. it's kind of the perfect game to pop on and just and just relax and have a chat. But, um, um, you know, yeah, serious Uno players like the AI in this game will will take advantage of you if you're in that in that mind state. It's, uh, it is interesting as well because, like, you were, as you said before, you were kind of like in the mind of why is he suggesting Uno? This kind of sounds stupid. And I was like, no, 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 dude, trust me, trust yeah, me. Because you knew they had this like anime gloss and yeah. everything, um, which was really a cool surprise for me. Like, yeah, I didn't expect it to be this this fun. Like, I, I, I'm weirded a, out that I like it this much. It's like, a, it's yeah. a fantastic mix yeah <laughs> so the the other th- okay so i'll mention two things number one how i got it like i obviously saw this on like some youtube channel or something like that saying oh like uno deluxe is actually like this anime game which you can play and it's like just uno with anime characters and i kind of went huh that sounds interesting so i put it on my list of games to buy and when i got to japan in uh august of this year um i looked it up on yahoo auction and it was like oh yeah complete uno set like complete with like it comes with the manual, the CD case, the game, and like a little mini CD as well. Yeah, that and mini I, CD is weird. Yeah, and I said, Maria, can you buy this? It was like 20 bucks and then and like 2,000 yen. And Maria said, yeah, you want this? And then she bought it for me. It got here pretty quickly. And mm. then I said, hey, I've got a satin here. You want to play this? Because I have a satin in Japan because of course I do. <laughs> I'll also mention that later. And we played it and like Maria had a good time as well. Like she was going, this is actually really fun. She got really into it. Mm. Um, because it is like how you get into a game of Uno. You think, oh, Uno, that game, that game I used to play as like a, a junior high schooler or something. And then you play it and you go, oh, actually, this is actually really fun. Mm. And this has more of a conceit to it. Yeah. Um, the bonus CD, I will say quickly... Is not what you think it is. Like, the, it's a mini CD, which you put in a CD player. Mm. And I thought, oh, this is the soundtrack. And I didn't mind the soundtrack. I thought the soundtrack was pretty cool. But no, it was actually the characters in the game yeah. talking about themselves and wishing you good luck. Like, it was like a message to the players <laughs> from the characters in the game. Yeah. There were like four tracks that go for like uh, like two or three minutes each or something like that. So that was an interesting little bonus item that... Some people just kind of toss out after they get it, but yeah. mine was complete. And it was like, I'm glad this is complete, but this is kind of useless because it's like, <laughs> you listen to this once and go, this isn't a soundtrack. <laughs> it's sort of funny that they put the effort into like, put it in there, but I guess they could say on the box, like comes with bonus CD or something. And that might it like, make it a better and that's seller. the thing. Like it yeah. doesn't even say that on the, on the front of the yeah. CD. It was, it was just like, I don't know if these voice actors were famous in the nineties in 1998 or if. I don't know, but it was just one of those things that it's kind of got a little bit of a cult following. There's not a lot of information out there on the internet, but people who know this game like this game. Yeah. The one problem is that it is Japanese only, and Mm -hmm. you would, if you're not a Japanese reader, you might have to fumble your way through the the menus a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I struggled with that. AC helped, um, but... Yeah, like there were times where the screen would have a pop up and like a choice to make, and I would just be like, I don't know, I'll pick this one and yeah. regret my choice. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, just a caveat there for people who are not familiar with Japanese at all. Yeah, it, like most of the choices are pretty easy. They're like there's challenge if you know like the katakana for that, you can learn it pretty easily. Mm. There's like international versus Nippon rules, you can learn that pretty easily. And like when you choose a different color, like if you if you put down a wild or draw four. You get to choose between um, red, green, blue, and yellow, mm. but it's all in Japanese. However, the good news is that the chalk changes color. 
Yeah, the little pointer, the, the mouse cursor, if you like, is, mm. is a piece of chalk that changes color. And yeah. I did not notice that until Rob pointed it out because I was literally just reading the the hiragana yeah. that was on the screen. <laughs> so I was like, going, what the chalk? Oh yeah, that's a that's actually really good. Yeah, that is helpful. Yeah, so, it is. Uh, yeah, you can definitely fumble your way through it. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, it's it. You'll have, you'll make a few mistakes if you don't know yeah. any Japanese at all. Yeah, and the story mode might make less sense to you, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, it's, I was certainly baffled. There's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of talking in those cutscenes. There's some sort of elaborate in the, plot. In the advanced mode, yeah. We didn't really, we sort of skipped through it, but I think there's like maybe a new kid in school and he wants to join the Uno Club or something. We kind of pieced it together from yeah. like, you know, little I'm, I'm an enthusiastic tough guy and I can win fights, except I want to play Uno. Mm-hmm. And his jacket was two sizes too small. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Robbie, we're getting up to 20 minutes here. So what are your final thoughts on this game? Uh, I thought it was great. Yeah, actually was pleasantly surprised. And I think... Perhaps because I wasn't expecting much, hmm. I like like it a lot more than like maybe I would if I knew going in like what it was. But the fact that it's got this sort of fighting game thing where you pick your characters, the fact that, that all the anime characters are kind of fun and the animations are there and the whole like, you know, idea of the game set at school and everything is charming. Yeah, I actually really quite liked it. And I'm surprised to say I think I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I would uh, definitely recommend this game if you know how to fumble your way through the menus. Like, it seems like such an innocuous, like, why the hell would they release this? However, there have actually been a few famous... Uno games over the years. Huh. There have there's this one which has a cult following outside of Japan and even inside of Japan it's not well super well known and, and um, it just has a cult following. Like I went to a, a few game stores before I bought this online, hoping mm. I could just find it, and I could not find it. Yeah, right. Um, and I got it online pretty cheap, uh, but also like in the West it's a lot more expensive because people kind of know that it has a cult following. Yeah, yeah. Uh, knowing Japanese helps. Uh, and you know, obviously having familiarity with Uno helps as well, but most people do. It's a fairly safe assumption, especially for people our age Mm. as well. So I would recommend this game with the caveat of it's good to know at least a little bit of Japanese or at least point your phone at the screen. The other conceit is that this game is only available on Sega Saturn. Yes, which we, we, it's a great system. We love Saturn. We love Saturn. It's never been ported, though. Yeah. I will also say that the other famous Uno game, like there was an Uno for PS2, I want to yeah. say, but it was like a sim- what we call a simple series in yeah. in, Jap- in Japan, where it was <laughs> basic Uno, no, not a lot of stuff like this. Mm. They probably had some characters and stuff you could choose from, but not this elaborate. No. Um, but then they had Uno for um, Xbox 360. 360 yeah, that's the yes. one I'm familiar with, which is like online. It's online and had a camera and you could see what people were doing while you were playing Uno and a lot of drugs were involved in that. People were just made, went out of their way to do like horrible things on camera, yeah. which is like, you know, fantastic. We're like, <laughs> kind of reminds me of like Chat Roulette, just like the, the pure like unadulterated humanity coming at you down the webcam yeah. you know like yeah. oh it's a naked guy oh it's a guy doing coke okay cool you know? <laughs> and you know the randomness the sliding between different uno partners if you will is is kind of like the the draw to that yeah. that's not online anymore as far as i know i mean you probably could rig something to like join a server or something if you create your own server but Let's face it; it's not just not going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of is probably my favorite digital version of Uno. Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. 
Uh, so yeah, check it out with caveats. We like it with caveats. <laughs> Just learn Japanese. It's 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 okay. It's hard. I'm not going to say it's not that hard. It's actually really fucking hard. <laughs> so Rob, as part of the Evil Dead, yeah, someone who has effectively no life. <laughs> That's me, Except that's someone who wanders the earth feeding on the brains of video games. <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, I see. That's a good question. It's a good question. I had to rack my mind to think about what the heck's been happening with me since we last recorded, which was in May of this year. So basically, it's been six months. Yeah, it's been six months, pretty much. Um, a little bit longer. Um, not a lot to report. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> stuff's happened. It's just been very. It's been very busy. Like we've gotten, you know, after the wedding, we kind of just got back to to life back Mm. to reality in the words of um that song that i forget the name of anyway and red dwarf um yes so um the one thing i have two things written down on my list of things to talk about um one of them is christmas plans which is not something that i've done it's something that i'm going to do yeah okay it sort of fails this is is good because i don't actually know what your christmas plans are either so uh, this is this is a good this is a good introduction for me as well so um yeah, well, we're finally going to... Well, finally. Um, you, you'll be upset if I say finally. We're going on our honeymoon. <laughs> God damn it. We haven't um, been on our honeymoon yet. Yeah, no, That's why I felt bad saying finally. <laughs> it's been um, 12 and a half years. Yeah, yeah. Only six months for us, but or seven or eight months. But anyway, um, we decided because of the way our custody schedule works with um, Ruby spending the uh, alternative Christmases with her mum. This year, it's like an off Christmas for us. So she'll be with her mum this year. So... We thought, well, it's just going to be me and me and my wife. Why don't we, you know, go away? Um, so we were originally going to like do an elaborate holiday in Japan, but we decided instead to save a bit of money and just have a honeymoon in Australia. Mm-hmm. So we are going to spend um, the week starting from Christmas Eve up into New Year's Eve um, in Port Douglas in the north of Australia, up oh, near nice. Townsville. Yeah. Uh, we will visit the, the Great Barrier Reef. We will visit the Daintree Rainforest. These are things I haven't ever done in my 40 you've, years. You've never been up towards no. the Whitsundays before I've never been further north than Brisbane. Ah, oh, um, right. Okay. So I want to go and see this part of Australia that I've never seen. I've always felt a bit of guilt that I haven't... I've been to America, but I haven't been to like some of these iconic Australian places, you know, like, like Ayers Rock or the Great Barrier Reef, etc. So we're going to start ticking some of those things off, AC, so... Um, yeah, a week up in up in the far north, uh, in the tropics. Um, I hear the temperature up there is like a balmy thirty five degrees, dropping down to a, a chill thirty degrees at night. So it's going to be pretty rough. But I think our hotel will have air conditioning, so yeah, we'll be all right. Yeah, it, it did bloody well better. We're staying at like a like a good resort, not, not like a super fancy resort, but like a, a nice hotel. Yeah, no, no. Um, that sounds like, that sounds like a, a perfect honeymoon, you know? Tropical, you don't have to do anything. You're mm. just hot and drink cocktails all day. Well, yeah. you, well you don't do that Well, anymore, that's right. But... Me and my wife quit drinking recently. Mm. But we'll try we'll have some mocktails at the pool. There's a pool, actually. We've got a swim out room. It's, so... it's almost like you have even less to do now that you don't have yeah. to drink. It's like, <laughs> I can be even more chill now that I don't have to bother with that. That's right. I can relax. In some way, it's even more relaxing because you don't have to deal with the hangover the next day, you know? Yeah. But we'll just sort of go to the... There's a swim out... It's a swim out room. So there's a pool right out the front of our sort of door we just oh, open the wow. back open the back terrace yeah and we can just slide right into the pool 
And I, my wife plans to spend like the majority of the time there that we're not like doing touristy things pretty much in the pool. And I, I think I'll probably join her. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be really nice to have some time away from work and from Canberra and from the hay fever season here. And from me, and, yeah, you well, know. Well, yeah, it goes without saying. Um, and, and, you know, and and, and have like a, a honeymoon and, and a holiday without our kid, which will be really nice. So normally when we go away, we take Ruby with us. So this will be a, a sort of a, one of those rare times where we go away with just me and Miss Me and Joe. Well, I mean that really is a honeymoon, isn't it? Yeah, really? I think it would be. I mean, it would be kind of wrecked, honestly. I mean, I love my kid, but like, you know, it's not <laughs> yeah, much of a honeymoon if the kids there. You know, yeah, it's it's not much of a honeymoon, and also like you do spend a lot of the time entertaining the kids so that you don't feel guilty that they're bored or anything like that. That's so. right. Yeah, so that, that's we're really looking forward to that. But we will, and then we'll have Christmas alone with no family, no family Christmas, which you know, like. It's probably good. I, I I had done my fair share of them. I've I've, I've paid my dues, if you like. I really um, like. I have done many a Christmas without my family because yeah. I spent a lot of them in Japan. Mm, mm. And I can tell you, mwah. it does sound great. It does sound glorious. I got to admit. One thing I, I might do though. I know my wife won't listen to this podcast because she never does. Mm. Uh, so this won't spoil anything. But I'm planning to buy like a little USB Christmas tree and like smuggle it in the luggage and then like pull it out on whip, whip it out if you like on Christmas <laughs> Eve. You know what you um, should do? You should actually like open your fly and have it like. <laughs> positioned in your flyer already on like going hey baby look at this and then you've just got like a usb christmas tree like poking out the front that would be all great. lit up yeah yeah <laughs> now santa wants his cookies or i don't know i can't think of anything um uh sleigh bells are ringing i thought that might add something because we'll be up there on christmas eve that'll be our first night there so oh, i thought it might wow. be nice to sort of you know whip it out have a, have a little bit of christmasy vibes in our hotel room um yes that's that's our christmas plans which good is nice. plans very very good plans so that's the one life thing that i have written down here okay. the other life thing i have written down here i'm sorry to say is ruby hurting herself a lot oh that's she's a, at that age a dot point so i just want to mention this because we're i think we're transitioning into like kind of parenting podcast territory now i see like what do you mean kind of we've been doing this for a while now yeah we're sort of a, like a video games podcast, a lifestyle podcast, and a parenting advice slash what not to do podcast. Yeah, we're not um, great examples. No, I wouldn't say follow in our footsteps. I'd say maybe learn from our errors, maybe. <laughs> um, but my daughter has, yes, she's got a, a bit of a penchant for hurting herself to the point where people have said to her multiple times now, gosh, you're in the wars, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> More than a few times. Oh, the old boomer expression. A lot, like... She just seems to fall over a lot. I, I I think it's because she just has decided to run everywhere. I think one of the things, one of the problems is that she wants to run mm. everywhere. Like she'll say to me, we're going to the car. And she'll say, dad, can we run to the car? She want to race you. She wants to race me a lot. And like 50% of the time I'm down and 50% of the time I'm like, that ain't happening, kiddo. <laughs> um these old, these old bones, these tired old 40 year old bones, you know. <laughs> um, I don't have the energy I used to have. Um which might shock you. Uh, but yeah, she just falls over. Like I pick her up from school and every time I pick her up from school, I'm like saying to myself, like, please don't let her be hurt again. You know, <laughs> I'm sick of signing like um, injury reports. <laughs> Indemnity from, forms. From the after school, after school care, you know. Yeah. Um, poor little thing. Like one time, even recently we were going to the swimming lesson and she fell over in the car park. And like scraped, like she she grazed her like leg pretty badly. Like I'm not gonna lie, it was a pretty bad graze. She's crying and stuff. I had to go to get band band aids from the front counter. More to like, they were more of an emotional band aid than a yeah. like. Like she wasn't bleeding that much, but yeah, but it's... I knew that it would like help. Yeah. 
like just to kind it's of a comfort thing, comfort them, and they don't have to see the blood anymore and stuff. Yeah, and she was really upset about it. But then you know, once she hopped in the pool, she was fine. She's like, "Yeah, hey, Dad, it doesn't hurt at all anymore." You know, um, so yeah, I don't know what what like I don't know if there's any lesson from this. Just expect your kid. To, to like hurt themselves a lot get horribly injured yeah um, that's what my parents did and I got horribly injured because <laughs> you can't protect them from the world like and you can't you can't really stop them from being like like you know full of energy and clambering over everything and she just wants to swing on things and clamber on things and run around and like she's very rarely like sits still or you know. yeah there's there's kind of that point in a parent's brain when you're going is how normal is this versus how ADHD is this oh it's funny you say that because our well the good news is we I went to the parent teacher interview with her with my, her teacher this like last just actually a few days ago this week mm. and she had a great report <clears throat> and the teacher I actually mentioned this to her because I was like um like I, I've got ADHD my dad has it and like Ruby question mark and teacher was like first of all i have adhd too so like commiserations you know <laughs> which yeah, is yeah, great yeah. and then she was like i don't think <clears throat> she's got any problems at all which is really nice to hear that's good um so uh <clears throat> it's kind of a relief because like when they're little you, you do worry like especially because <clears throat> it's hard to tell whether a kid has adhd or if they're just sorry my phone just went off whoever's messaging me probably my wife should know better <laughs> anyway um i'll tell you said that if that was you <laughs> Rob tells you to <laughs> F off. How dare you, sir. <laughs> Dibba dopper. Um, where was I? ADHD. I've, I've, been, I've lost my train of thought. Classic ADHD move. Yeah. yeah um, uh, what's that sound? What, what, what was I doing? Oh, it's sparkly. Oh, my God. <laughs> the mace. Ah, the sun. It's all, it's all coming together. But yeah. All right, what was I doing? All right, yes. Driving a go-kart. Her report card was really good, though. Like, it's one of the things I was remarking on with the teacher. She was kind of... It's funny to hear it from the teacher. I was like, I'm actually like, like really surprised and like excited by how much she has learned this year. And the teacher was like, yeah, sometimes I wonder if they're going to learn anything. <laughs> and they do. And I'm like, cool. Ah, <laughs> uh, classic teachers. She's great. Actually. I really like Ruby's teacher. She's just very like funny and, mm. and like honest. The kids love her as well. Um, but yeah, like her reading has come a long way. She started the year like, you know, like, yeah, like at a normal level of reading for a six year old. Now, at the end of the year, she she sits down and reads like chapter books, like simple chapter books by herself without oh, wow. needing any help. <clears throat> and she just reads through it. Like her writing and spelling and stuff still need work, but that's normal for a kid her age. Oh, I mean, yeah. But she, what do you expect? But she can read quite well, <laughs> yeah. which is like really cool. It's it's kind of amazing like to see that, that progress. And one of the joys of being a parent is watching them come out of their shell and like slowly learn new skills and more capabilities, you know, like being slightly and I mean I, I emphasize the word slightly <laughs> more capable and self-reliant like over months and years you yeah, know? It's, yeah it's amazing how it happens like we went to a parent it wasn't a parent teacher day it was like a it was called a like a learning showcase mm. where you go to the school and the, and the kids you meet your kid there and they show what they've done and like they've got all of their work all over the walls and stuff like that yeah and yeah it was was uh, very enthusiastic to show what she's done in terms of like coloring in and writing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was it was really interesting. And like at some point she was literally like jumping for joy, like because I like you know like I am not always able to take time out of my day because of my particular line of work. Yeah. 
um, in I, I work for the public service, but I also say it is in the security field. Um, so if something goes wrong, I cannot leave and I have to take care of things immediately. Mm-hmm. But I was actually able to go today and she was like literally like jumping up and down and yeah, stuff like that. And so I was like, cool. I was like going, yeah. it was like part of like, this is really cute to see and everything like that. It's like, are kids meant to do this at, the, and at this age? And like, but all of these kids were like coming and saying, bye May and helping May and like, all oh. oh, these thing is over here because they all know about her disability, which yeah. is really good as well. And like, yeah. she was, she's very outgoing and quite, an extrovert in mm. a lot of ways. Like when she's familiar with people, she'll yeah. go, you know, she'll, even though she's blind, you know, effectively sight impaired, she'll go out of her way to like, you know, talk to people and show people things and like say hi to people's mums and stuff like that. Oh, that's, that's really so cool. nice. Yeah. So it was, that was really nice to see. And every time she jumps up and down and runs around, I'm like going, Oh God, she's going to injure herself horribly. <laughs> um, but no, because, it turns out May does this thing where she maps places she's been to in her brain. Mm, mm-hmm. And because they don't change the furniture around like that, she will just kind of run around. Yeah, because she knows, uh, like, okay, that thing's there, this thing's here. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like, when she goes to a place for the first time, she's very cautious. She'll, like, put, kind of put her, 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 her feet out first. And go kind of like tap around if she sees like a change in color or gradient or something like that Mm. um, to make sure it's not a step. And then after she's committed it to memory, she'll just run around like a lunatic, like a normal six-year-old. Yeah. So it's it's, it's really good to see that she doesn't need her cane at school and she's just completely normal. Yeah. Which is, it's really wonderful to see. Um, That being said, we've also like, I keep trying to say don't run in the house when she's Mm -hmm. at home. Yeah. Because we have changed the house around a little while, like a little bit with... We've put the um, the dining table horizontal rather than vertically, and we've moved Coco, uh, my budgerigar, into the middle of the room. Yeah. Um, so everything's changed a little bit, but she still is tearing around here like a million miles an hour. And I'm like, <laughs> don't hit something for the love of God. Because <laughs> the problem is you can't. This is something you'll relate to. Like, it doesn't... The parental instinct when you see a kid doing something dangerous is to go, hey, uh, be careful doing that. Yeah. That doesn't help at all. Like, they're not going to... First of all, they're not going to listen to you. No. Second of all, that's a very vague instruction. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> like, be careful of what? Crocodiles? <laughs> Alligators? Tyrannosaurus Rex? All right, I'll run headlong carefully. I'll, I'll climb on the back of the couch carefully. Yeah, like, no, that's where we've been stopping her lately because she's been jumping on the couch and stuff like yeah. that. And at one stage, like the couches are fitted together but only by like a couple of metal brackets and mm-hmm. one, and they slot into each other and if she jumps on the wrong one it'll start kind of lifting in towards the direction she's jumping it's like don't do that yeah. for several reasons number one because you're going to ruin the foam in there number two you might horribly hurt yourself yeah <laughs> like, like we it's not like we don't take her out for exercise we take her to lots of parks mm-hmm. and like you know we take her out to lots of different places and we, we play with her lots but she's still like a little firecracker full of energy sometimes. Yeah, they just, I don't know where they get it from, man. Like, they wake up in the morning and they're just 100%, like, the energy bar is like a video game metaphor, completely full. Yeah. And they just go like the clappers right up until bedtime and then they just kind of completely collapse. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They just kind of go do 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 do. They have no, like, you know, if, if they were running a marathon, they would sprint right from the start and then be like, oh, I'm so exhausted. Why? Like, Adults pace themselves a bit more. Well, they've learned to do that. To, yeah. You know. I mean, like, children generally sleep a lot more than adults. Yeah. That's, well. yeah. She, like, Ruby gets, like, freaking 10 hours of sleep a night or something. 11 hours sometimes, you know. I'm so jealous. I wish I could get that. Like, if I could go to bed at, like, 
nine o'clock and wake up at like seven o'clock and get yeah, like a ten man. full hours of sleep and feel good afterwards. Yeah. Like because even sometimes when you get more sleep than you normally would, mm-hmm. you don't feel better, you feel worse because you're like overtired. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you slept too much yeah, and not- your body's like seriously confused. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. You have to kind of stick with your circadian rhythm, otherwise it all gets a bit out of whack. Like I'm I am working at about six and a half hours sleep at the moment, seven hours sleep and yeah. And like, that's my sweet spot. But yeah, it is funny if I oversleep. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, so that, those are my two like life things. Like um, maybe we can talk about games. Maybe I'll segue by talking about games that I've been playing with, with Ruby. Because uh, weirdly, the most variety in games that I've had in the last six months have been the ones I've played with my daughter. I've only been playing one game by myself. But with <laughs> okay. Ruby, I've played a bunch. So, okay, what are, what are the games you've been playing with Ruby? Um, so... We've been working together through the, this iPad game called Monument Valley, or actually Monument Valley 2. So she played Monument Valley 1, mm-hmm. um, and she really I bought it for her because like it had really good reviews, and I do this thing, which is like any video game dad does, which is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you good games to play, not just the <laughs> shitty ones that everyone likes, but the, <laughs> the good ones, you know, like hipster games, you know what I mean? Like, like, these are the ones that get good reviews, and that like the people like a giant bomb and stuff talk about glowingly, you know, things like you, that. You don't have to actually, they don't have a whole, whole bot- a lot of microtransactions well, or anything. Exactly. Like, if I let her play what her friends want, it'd be a whole bunch of like Roblox and like horrible crap like that, you know? Mm, like, yeah. I'm like, no, no, we're not playing freaking Five Nights at Freddy's, like bullshit. You're playing this like esoteric thing. <laughs> this is so Monument Valley. Very quickly, it's like a a puzzle game where um, there's a little character that moves around the world, and you've got to move them from one spot to another by tapping on the screen. Very simple, but there's always obstacles in the way. It's a 3D isometric perspective, and you like rotate things in the world, or like move. You sort of touch the screen to move like a like blocks up and down. Or like to rotate a thing in a particular way, and it has like an almost MC Escher esque okay. stuff. Almost, so almost like three like D Tetris. But then it doesn't. But also the three D breaks the laws of physics in interesting ways. Like you can rotate something, and if it looks like you can walk across it, you can, even if that's just a trick of perspective. Oh, I see. And then there are things where you'll like walk along something and come out, and you'll be upside down, or like you'll like yeah, literally like MC Escher esque like like. Like uh, mind it doesn't things. make sense if you yeah. look at it from the correct perspective yeah, because you're really, seeing it from this angle. It's like, oh, yeah. that's fine. And if okay. you just rotate it a particular way or lift something up a particular way and then rotate it, and, and does does Ruby understand she loves this? Because it, it's, it's non-verbal. Like, it's no. There's very little reading in the game. It's all just experimenting with the visuals and spinning things around. And and we, and there's a very like um, uh, how do I say like a not very there's a there's a story. And it's told through like visual storytelling and a little bit of dialogue every now and then. And it's got this wistful kind of mysterious quality to it. Like the music's kind of like eerie and you're trying to piece together like, what are these people doing and where are they going? And it's kind of got this storybook dreamlike kind of like, it's just like a kind of a dreamlike quality to it. Very sort of mysterious and surreal. It's really fun. And she loves it. We play it together. She's like, dad, help me with this puzzle. And we sort of sit down. And, and is like, the screen big enough? Yeah, it's like a, she's got a mini iPad. Okay. Oh, it's, and it's big enough for a mini, is it? Yeah, and, and we just played that. It's it's it would work on a phone as well. Like it's very um. Wow. Uh, it's, I I can't imagine that perspective because my my daughter's eyesight is just so like she needs to mm. be like bigger like close enough to a, a fifty five inch screen to be able to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a lot of that kind of stuff, there's a lot of sort of fine detail in it. I yeah, would say, but like. 
I, that's cool that you guys can play together. Though. Yeah. Have you been playing anything else? Yeah, quickly, she, for her birthday, she wanted to get this My Little Pony game. Uh-huh. Is, is that any good? Like, I, I we remember- got a, Yeah, we got this. It's called um, My Little Pony, a Maritime Bay Adventure. So it's based on... Here's some My Little Pony lore. Okay. I'm, I'm a dad and I know about My Little Pony now. All right. Um, so, Lay it on me. So you've had the, you have original My Little Pony from when we were kids. So the you 80, mean the, the you 80s have the 80s one? one? So there's that. There's, the I'm, Hasbro I'm explain, 80s one. I'm explaining the eras of My Little Pony here. Okay. There's that. All right. you, then there's you like go. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, which is the one from the 2000s era. And then there's a new one that's all 3D. Like it's full 3D animated. It looks like a Pixar movie. And this game is that. It's like the oh, new My Little Pony. Okay. I don't know this anything about this. That ain't one. your dad's My Little Pony. <laughs> you know? Anyway, so okay, no, don't know she, anything about that. She's one. super into it. Yeah, and when we started playing the game together, she was like, "Oh, it's Izzy Dreambow or something." She was like stoked that the characters that she loves are like in the game, and she, yeah. it's very simple. It's a very basic game. Perfect for for someone who's just starting to get used to playing video games. Oh, that's nice to hear. The one could, I think it's, it was fun. She really enjoyed it. It's got the voice actors from the, the shows she likes, and it's all you know. It is. It's it it ticks the box for her because it's like it's a acceptable. I would say an acceptable platformer. Okay. With like all the voice acting and everything. And this is on Switch. On, on Switch. The okay. one problem, one complaint I have is that it's pretty short. She got through it pretty quickly, and she was a bit disappointed that that was the end of the game. She was like, oh. So maybe That's it was actually it. a little, little bit above her level. And I, yeah, I think so. I think it's a little bit too easy for her. And um, and I feel like this is the problem with Switch games, right? Like they're all kind of pricey. Like, well, this, it's on a Nintendo system. Exactly. Nintendo, they, Nintendo, don't like, they don't like to discount things. They don't never discount things no. because they're a whole bunch of assholes. I would have been happy to pay like half the price yeah. for the length of game that it was. But for the pro- amount of money we paid... I'm a bit, bit disappointed that it was so short because she got through it really quickly and, and she was visibly kind of bummed that that was the end of the game because we've been playing other games that are like very long, you know, and um, and so I think she was a bit bummed out that there, was, there wasn't that much to it. Um, anyway, the other game that we've been playing with Rue is um, uh, this game called The Wild at Heart, which is on... I got it on Steam. I initially got it on the Xbox Game Pass thing for PC, but... It expired, like it went uh, off. The, okay. It took it off the Game Pass. So yeah. when I finally went around to playing it, it told me like, "Oh, you can't play that anymore. It's gone." So I had to go buy it on Steam because I already told Ruby about it, and I already kind of got her psyched to play it. Then when we went to play it, it was gone, and she was like, "Oh man!" So I like <laughs> went and bit the bullet and bought it on Steam. Um, okay, but at least you own it now. It's kind of like a two D Pikmin thing with really beautiful storybook style, like like almost illustration-esque graphics. Like it yeah. looks like you're in a kid's, a really beautifully illustrated kid's storybook. But the the gameplay is kind of Pikmin-esque. Like you've got a little army of like wood sprites and little fairy, like sort of sprite guys that you throw and like command to like move objects and destroy things and attack things and stuff. So it's kind of Pikmin-y. And we're slowly getting through that. It's another puzzle game. Is it's this- a bit too complicated for her, actually. Oh, okay, which is the drawback yeah. is I have to, I really have to play it with her because there's a lot of menus, a lot of dialogue. I kind of screwed up in a way by like picking a game that she can't really play by herself. It's hard to find that sweet spot of like, you know, just enough complexity that she enjoys it, but not too complex, not too many menus and systems and things that I have to sit there and play it with her the whole 
Yeah, time. because she kind of wants a bit of independence when it comes to her hobbies, yeah. no doubt. But she also enjoys, like, you know, we've been enjoying playing it together. It's, it's a, it's a dad game she plays with Dad, you know? Yeah. So we'll dedicate a couple of hours on the weekend to playing The Wild at Heart and get, like, a little ways through it. Because it's very puzzly, though. Like, we end up bashing our heads against puzzles a lot. And, like, I've had to go on YouTube and look up solutions oh, wow. a few times. Because okay. it's like... Even when you do, yeah, it's, it's I'm like, really how the hell? <sighs> you know? So, yeah, I think I, I picked one that's a bit above her age for that. But she's really enjoying it. She wants to see it through. So we're keeping on. That's good. So, what about yourself, yes. Robbie? What have you been playing? I have to. I have. I mean, one of those periods in my life that gamers get to where they have like the one game that they play, and that's the only obsessively. Game. Yeah, and it's like, why would I play anything else? This is. I've got the er game here. Why do I get the feeling this is a Rob game? It's well, not really. I'm actually a little bit out of my comfort zone here. But I mentioned really? the last time we were talking about it, which mm-hmm. is the, the shooter um, Hell Let Loose. So I've been playing oh, pretty much really? nothing. I thought I thought it would be like a like a, a slow paced like uh, strategic like strategy war game, game yeah. like something Middle Ages or something like that. No, yeah. no, I'm I've been doing nothing but playing this World War Two military simulation first well, person shooter. World War Two and simulation is kind of up your alley, so I believe that it's a, it's a first person shooter. Yeah, like to like like Call of Duty or something, but it's <clears throat> it's trying to be a bit more of a sim. Than that, so a little like, bit more strategic, more realistic. Like, like all the all of the maps are like actual battles in World War Two, and they actually went. The developers actually went and, um, like mapped, like you know, created a realistic map of the area that's like based on like you know photography of aerial photography and like the actual like maps that were you know used at the time. Um, and the weaponry is all accurate, like you know, if you're on the if you're playing in the American army, you have the weapons that the American army had. Oh, you don't wow. you don't get like and and it, and it's it's realistic like not everyone can have a sniper rifle that kind of shit like, yeah yeah so um, you just have like general issue most arms. most of the time you just play as a rifleman you've got mm. a rifle and some grenades and good luck you know um so do you play as the germans uh, in this yeah like there's, a- so the the sides are they've they've got a um they've got an american sort of like faction i guess they've got mm. a german faction and then they've also they introduced the russians i think like last year Okay. And then are planning on adding like Commonwealth or what you might call British, British Australia New Zealand. So, yeah, with yeah. The, we- the weaponry that they had, um, but that's that hasn't come out yet. That's sort of like a a long term thing that they're they're working on at the moment. It's still kind of a work in progress, which is fun because like they release new things every few months, and so um, it hasn't quite reached like it's full open- release yet. It is released, but they're still that developers <clears throat> are actually like still working to make it improve it and keep tinkering with it, which is it's is cool. So know? do you usually play as the Americans? I pick whatever side. I, I, I prefer to play as not the Nazis because I just on principle just find it weird to play Yeah. As a Nazi. Yeah. Um, especially when it's a very realistic game, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I could see that would make a lot of people particularly uncomfortable. And if weird, it doesn't make yeah. you uncomfortable, then I kind of worry about you a little bit. I have weird thoughts sometimes when I'm playing as a Germans and I'm like, how many innocent people were killed with the gun that I'm carrying right now? And things yeah. like that. Like, it's it weirds me out, you know? Um, but sometimes if, the, if the, like, if say there's 40 players on the American side and 30 <clears> on the Germans, I'll pick Germans just to balance out the, the match and make it, you know, more fair. Um, but I wanted to tell a few stories because the game is so realistic and cool uh, and maybe telling stories of the games I've played can convey it better than just explaining it to, to you, you know? Sure. Um, so there's a, a, a map, a Russian map. I've got three stories I want to try and tell quickly. Okay. Um, one map is set in the Eastern Front in Russia. Um, uh, the Battle of Kursk, which was a very large battle involving tanks. It's like the largest tank battle in history. 
on this particular map, we were, I was playing on the um, German side um, and I was playing as a squad leader. I found actually I, I play squad leader a lot. So the game is broken up into like, you have a commander yep. who speaks to the squad leaders in the voice chat. Yep. And then the squad leaders have like a group of maybe five or six players that, they all, that the squad leader can talk to in voice chat. So you're relaying orders from your commander to your squad. And then you're taking like intel and like reports from your squad and relaying them back to the commander. That is pretty realistic. It's, it's, yeah, it's really fun. And um, the, pro- the, the, the pressure of being squad leader is that the guys will be like, okay, what's the plan? You know, what are we going to do? <laughs> so we were like trying to take this point that with the, the Russians were holding and there's all this trench, there's a huge system of trenches and defenses leading up to the like d- dugouts and trenches leading up to the, the point, pretty much encircling it. And we were, I decided that we would move in from like from the West to like moving eastwards through the trench system to get really close to the point. And then there's the open ground that we had to run across to, um, to take the, the, the strong point that they're holding. Yeah. Um, and the trench fights are just really rough, really brutal because you're you're moving through the trench. Um, you can hear like the footsteps of the enemy. You know they're coming, and like when they come around the corner, it's it's very like they're right in your face. And the Russians have a submachine gun that fires like twelve hundred rounds a minute. Like it's almost sounds like a like a it's it sounds less like a like a and more like a like like it's like a spray a hose of bullets. Yeah. Um. And so they have the advantage. Because they have these these submachine guns that can just like they can mow you down. It. Yeah. Um, so playing as the Germans, it was like rough. I had like a, a, my own submachine gun, and I was just like going around the corner and just opening fire without even knowing if anyone's there, just pumping bullets, throwing grenades, yelling at my men to like throw grenades, just keep using grenades, hopping out of the trench sometimes and running along above the trench, looking down to surprise them because they think you're going to come along the trench line. Yeah. You hop, you hop up above and you're just pumping bullets down. Really, really exciting and like scary, like kind of edge of your seat gameplay. We managed to like slowly work our way through the trenches, like taking like you know ten meters at a time, setting up a new outpost where we when you die you spawn back at your outpost. So we'd move up a bit, put down a new outpost, move up a bit more, put down a new outpost. So we slowly worked our way along the trenches. How long does one of these games take? An hour and a half is the full amount of time you oh, have. Oh wow! So you kind of need to actually. Yeah. Sit and like be prepared. And you have to capture like in the typical mode, you've got about five strong points to take. And if you take all five, <coughs> bless you. If you take fi- all five strong points, then you win the game. But if the game ends, if that hour and a half ends, then whoever holds the most out of that five wins. So if you hold three out of five, once the clock ends, then you've won the game. Um, so yeah, we were trying to get the which we had two points. We wanted to get the third, so it was quite like challenge. This is this is only the second point we were trying to take. Hmm. Um, anyway, we finally managed to get through all those trenches. Then we've got this like section of open ground to cover. So then that's when we, our squad pulls out like smoke grenades, and we're throwing smoke grenades into the open to like cover our approach. And then you know all at once, once a bombing run had come through, the commander calls a bombing run in. Oh, um, yeah, and like all these bombs drop on the enemy positions and just like fuck them up really badly. They throw our smoke grenades, run across the open ground. Like everyone's just like, people are getting shot. It's very exciting. Like, um, and because of like the sound effects of the game are really realistic, the sounds of bullets whipping over your head like little insects, like zip, zip, zip. Mm. And the sounds of artillery hitting. It's, it's quite exciting. Um, and like a story can only tell you so much, but it's like, damn, it's actually like really, really fun. So that was like the infantry experience I had. But playing in tanks is like a whole other It's basically game, a, a different game. Completely different. Like I got in this tank 
I really wanted to play more with the tanks in the game. The way the tanks work is you have three positions in the tank. One person is the driver. One person use, controls the turret and like the gun. And the third person is like the, the commander. And the commander's only role was to sort of sit at the top of the tank and like look out through a, like a periscope and give orders because they have the best visibility. They know what's going on all around the tank and like they're supposed to say, okay, go over here, go over there, reverse. Oh, there's a tank over there or there's infantry over here. Like, and you have to work as a unit to like be effective, you know? So you really need voice chat on You to have to have voice chat. It's, it's really game. essential, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Like you can play without voice chat, but it's nowhere near as fun and people will get frustrated with you because you're not like able to like... So it's a bit of a hardcore gamer sort of thing. Like yeah. like you're not going to get your like your Halo, I fucked your mum type of kids on this thing. Yeah, it does attract the more serious crowd. And I think a bit of an older crowd as well. And yeah. what I've noticed is that the community is a lot more like respectful and like kind of cool than a lot of first person shooter communities. Like they tend to be like supportive. Like the first time I hopped in a tank, I told the guy, hey, I've never done this before. And he was like, okay, cool. Like, I'll teach, I'll show you the ropes, you know? Like, they're, yeah. they're kind of... This is basically training. It's a supportive, encouraging community for the most part. Like, yeah, I've heard racist bullshit as usual. Like, the kind of stuff you normally encounter on the internet. Yeah. But for the most part, 95% of the time, you have a pretty good experience. Yeah, playing in the tank was really fun. I got in with this guy who was also pretty new. He'd actually never played in the tank before. So I decided to go in, in the driver position and he was using the turret. We didn't have a commander. We just, yeah. it was just two of us. But we managed to get like a lot of kills. You know, he was like telling me like, okay, stop here. I can I can see a tank over here. Like stop, stop, stop. Rotate the turret slowly. Then like you fire like an armor piercing round and you watch it like bounce off the tank. Although maybe it'll penetrate and like blow the tank up. A lot of fun. And like when whenever we got a kill, we would both just cheer like, yay. You know? <laughs> so much fun when you actually do manage to spot an enemy tank track them down and kill them working as a team almost sounds like a game of soccer like it's, like low scoring but high thrills yeah a lot a real a lot of fun and because tanks can are really like a, a big um it changes the it changes the dynamic like if there's a bunch of infantry stuck somewhere and they can't move forward you can roll up in your tank and like and really change that situation like okay all of a sudden there's a tank here hmm. you're you're shooting your your gun into like the enemy's positions and like blowing them up the bull, you know, they, they can't really do much against you. They've, there's people with rocket launchers, but they could, the rocket launchers can't really do too much unless they get around the back of the tank. So if your infantry are, like, protecting the back of your tank and, like, shielding you, like an infantry screen almost, you can just slowly move up with your tank and just take out targets and the infantry, like, kind of hide behind you and they move up with you. And, yeah. like, it's really, really fun, like, supporting the, the little guys with the tank. Like um, armoured cavalry, effectively. Yeah. So I've had a lot of fun playing that. I could go on, but... I'm keen to play more of that game. I also had a really great time playing as a sniper that um, I won't go into too much detail, but again, really different. You're working behind enemy lines. Like the whole idea is to sneak right behind them and then like find a good position and like spot things and tell your commander like there's a tank coming or they're, they're, they're moving in from the east. And you don't, like you don't want to give them a tell straight away. Yeah. And then I got really good at like, I had a few, mo- I think I managed to get 28 or something kills that match and I only died like three times. Because when you find a really good spot, like I was in a church tower at one point, and I could really, and you have so much range, they don't even really know you're there. And if you just choose your shots well and don't give away your position, you can get like a lot of kills. Like just watching them like run along, and just bang, you know. And then you have to sort of go out of the scope, and then you work the bolt action of your rifle. Then you look back down the scope again, find another person to shoot, bang, and then pull out again, work the bolt action, load another round, and 
yeah, hell of a lot of fun. It's 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 a very fun game. I'm kind of low key obsessed with it. Um, well, you've been playing it for like the past six months. I'm getting right better now. at it too. Like I'm getting quite good, and to the point where now I can like teach new players and kind of be that that like sort of yeah and the mentor figure. Yeah, a little bit, but there's still so much to learn. Like I haven't. I've only played Sniper once. I'm still learning how to do roles like engineer, and I haven't played the commander role at all. I'm a bit intimidated by being the commander role because if you if your team doesn't win, everyone blames the commander, you know. Well, and um, fair enough too because it's like. So is this on Game Pass at the moment? No, I have, it's just I have to pay for it on Steam. Okay, but well worth the money. Um, it's just you pay your lump sum and then you're in, and then you get all the and, and new it keeps when updating. It comes out and, okay, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah, I respect so that. So hell let loose. Really enjoying it. If you like shooters but you want something a little bit different a little bit more realistic it's it's really great um all right i've talked enough ac what the heck have you been doing with your game in life well balancing act well my my act has actually been a little bit more skewed in one direction than the other yeah for once in Mm -hmm. my life actually because you see um i've been off world and when i say off world (laughs) Is actually that's actually Stargate terminology. Like when mm. they say off world, I've been off world for a while. Like you know, you could be on P three X nine seven nine on the other side of the galaxy. Uh, when I say off world, I've been in Guma, Japan. <laughs> this may as well be another planet. It may as well be off as disconnected as you can get sometimes, mm. because Wi Fi doesn't work and you can't communicate with the outside world and stuff like that. Um, but basically, from August, mm-hmm. early August to early November. Of 2022, I spent, well, not just I, but Maria and May, uh, we all spent in Japan. Yeah, it's like three three whole months. Three whole months. I took my long service leave, uh, which I was meant to take two years ago. That's and, COVID. <laughs> yeah, well, it really was COVID. And, like, we basically had an opportunity to get back. And I had to go through a process to get a visa. Mm. This visa was... Extremely complicated. Like you needed to like get take passport photos of yourself and like you know what is your reason for going and like you know you had to be part of family, which was easy to prove for me because I'm a Yoshimura. Mm. And it was just a whole bunch of things. Like and then you you hand this to them and then they take like two weeks to decide and then you have to come back and get it and then you have three months to use it. So hopefully COVID doesn't spike enough between then. And then when you get in there, they give you 90 days. Right. And we used 89 of those days <laughs> effectively, like pretty much right up to the limit. Maxed it out. We really, really did. Uh, it was, it was difficult getting into the country. Um, when we finally got into the country, it was very stressful before we left because mm. we left at um, early August and late July was like the absolute peak of COVID in Australia pretty much ever. Like, you had COVID. Yeah. Joe had COVID. Um, everyone, like Hicks had COVID. Like, all of our friends who we knew had COVID. Some people, like my friend Mark, had COVID fucking twice. Yeah. Some people have done it three times. And those yeah. Are, those are the people I feel very sorry for. Yeah. And uh, we were, like, shitting ourselves yeah. before we left. Like, going, we can't have to get sick and we were being so cautious we got on the plane we got off and there's like a two hour ordeal where you can't go to the toilet or anything like that because they they don't want you to spread covid anywhere in case you have covid and they have like a checkpoint system where you go through this really it's basically like the the suburb like the the airport 
in Japan is the size of a suburb. Yeah. And yeah. like you, there's all these travelators and stuff like that, but it's so far away and between you and uh, the customs point mm. is like all of these like COVID checks and you have to download an app and like you get interviewed like very briefly by these people, like the Japanese and there's a big line and stuff like that because they we went back before normal tourists were allowed back in. So like this exhausting long ordeal that you had to kind of like be straight and like friendly and stuff like that because if they get the 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 kind of indication that you might be off (laughs) then you are fucked so like we were all like going oh yes 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 we're back in japan this is great they're both japanese citizens and i'm a citizen adjacent because my name is yoshimura Mm -hmm. we finally made it through we finally got our luggage we finally made it through customs and like check bags and all that kind of stuff we got through and just went oh fuck (laughs) <laughs> After all of that effort, we actually finally made it back in Japan and we knew we were there for three months. And it was like, okay, if we get COVID now, it's okay. Mm. And then after a day, we went, no, it's not okay. We don't want COVID. <laughs> Fuck, we're, we're in Japan. We got we to gotta go and use this to our absolute full ability. Yeah, yeah. And the entire three months we were over there, we did not get COVID. Mm. Well, well done. Yeah. We came back and we still have not had COVID. Excellent. All three of us have managed to avoid the plague. One of the, the few people that has like avoided it completely. So yeah. Far. yeah. Yeah. I think one of the reasons we avoided COVID while, <laughs> we were, while we were over there, like it was summer and some things I should describe about Japan here. Mm. You have to wear a mask everywhere. Mm. Like... Every store, every restaurant, when you go in, you have to be wearing a mask. Otherwise, they will kick you out or deny you entry. This is like convenience stores. This is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you, If you are walking outside in a fairly depopulated area, you can take your mask off. Mm. Um, and even then, the Japanese government had to come out and say, Hey, guys, if you're out exercising, take your fucking masks off because people were dying of asphyxiation. They're like so obedient to yeah, the mask rule. Exactly. It's quite different to out here where exactly. we're all. Exactly. And like, <laughs> the thing is, like, we all, like, I have some nice, like, lum masks mm. and, like, like, tiger print masks and stuff like that. And I went, oh, I'm going to look so fashionable. You wear them for like a day and they're, they're choked in sweat because we went to japan during a heat wave yeah right we went in summer mm-hmm. where it was 35 degrees and 80 percent humidity so you just Ugh. sweat and you don't want to use your like reusable face mask because you just want to tear a mask off throw it in the trash and put another disposable one on which mm. is terrible environmentally speaking but also like a requirement of the japanese government yeah so very strange but the Japanese government is honestly like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was it was very hot and uncomfortable pretty much the entire way we were there in Japan. Like I, we had a ball, we had like the greatest time, but it didn't really cool down to like where we could wear winter clothing. Yeah, like there was like a week, like two weeks before you left, it was starting to get cool, and I was like going wearing a like a very light sweater, thinking, oh, the, finally I can wear this like nice fashionable like top with Snoopy on it. Mm-hmm. And then it went right back up to like 25, 26 degrees. And yeah. we were like in shorts and a t-shirt and like going, oh, we're meant to be leaving in like two fucking days. This is shit house. Oh, um, so it was really a heat wave, but it was still 100% enjoyable. That's great. Um, so we basically went to, uh, 
like the first big trip we did, we went to Hokkaido, which is the North Island mm. in uh, Toyota Paso. I think it's a four wheel Yaris, which is like the smallest Toyota. Um, but it 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 made it <laughs> basically. Like we thrashed that thing, mm. and there's a lot of things I could say right now about the west side of traveling up Japan, but it would all be very nasty. Like single carriage lanes, like with fifty kilometer speed limits, and we did not obey them, so to speak. <laughs> uh, and we we went all the way up and took a ferry across to the main island, and we went all across there and all the way back down, and we went to Tokyo. I went to Tokyo like four or five times, I want to say, while I was over there. Nice. Like, and uh, our main base of operation was in Takasaki, which is in Guma. So basically, it was this one Shinkansen or bullet train ride to. Tokyo mm. for like 40 45 bucks. Okay. And then we could just drive the car to um Maria's uh, grandfather's place, Gigi's. Right. Which also took surprisingly about the same amount of time in a car, despite the fact it was closer, but bullet trains, and that's how they work. Uh so we had a really good place, but it was a bit small. Maria and May slept together on like the big beds, but there was no air conditioning in there. So I slept next to the television mm. in like the family room area. And it's just like a very kind of like this area that we're kind of recording in, which is like a couple of um, dining room tables area size. <laughs> uh-huh. And they had the air conditioner above that area. And that's where I slept. Oh, we've got the prime position for the Acon. Yeah. Maria and May have a habit of snoring (laughs) Uh, and I just couldn't sleep next to them uh, when they were both doing that so Mm -hmm. and I had to at some stages because we stayed in a lot of hotels together like in one room like Mm. because you know like Japanese hotels only have one room just Mm -hmm. like they do here yeah and they're honestly quite small rooms sometimes we were all sleeping on like one big giant long bed which was just like three double beds or mm-hmm. even like two or three single beds pushed together. Yeah, yeah. And like that's when I needed sleeping tablets because there's no way I could survive that. <laughs> oh man. Without that. That's rough. <laughs> yeah, it was it was honestly pretty rough sometimes. It was uh, but it was like one of those like oh my god this is a once in a lifetime vacation and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I, I could spend hours and hours and hours talking over this. So I've actually made notes. Hmm. Um we lived in Takasaki and we lived from across from Mandai Shoten which is like a they had like a an arcade, but yeah. like Japanese people love UFO catchers, like uh, skill tester claw arcades. Yeah, yeah. Um, so most of them were like that, but they still had like a secondhand game section up on the third floor, and I got a whole bunch of stuff there, nice. uh, which I'll talk about later. Um, we went to Tokyo lots. I visited the Tokyo, the Nintendo store in Tokyo. Yeah, right. And I got you... Uh, oh, no, no, that was from a different Nintendo place. Like, the, the Nintendo store is, like, really cool. They have a lot of Animal Crossing stuff. Um, I bought, like, a, a T-shirt there, and I went... The T-shirt was so expensive. It was, like, 50 bucks. Mm. It's like, do I really want to buy this? And I went, it's, like, red. It says Nintendo, then Tokyo underneath it. And I went, yeah, you know, I, I'm a proud visitor of the Nintendo store in Tokyo because there's only a few of these in the world. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as... It says, like, hand wash only... Because, like, the red colouring, like, just seeps out. Oh, no. And then we washed it a couple of times, and there was always, like, these little holes that were, like, already uh, dotted in them. So, 
Look, if you go there, don't bother buying the Nintendo Store t-shirt because it's shithouse quality. Bad review. <laughs> yeah, bad review from me. Not worth 5,000 yen. But I'll still wear it anyway. <laughs> okay. um, we went to Osaka. Uh, I had a great time there. I love the people in Osaka because they're a lot more emotive. Like, mm. they'll say good things, bad things. I went to... Denden Town, which is like the big electronic store there. Like I spent an entire day just going to every single store. Um, I even picked up a, um, f- a Super Famicom Satellaview. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you showed us this. So this is basically a device that is obsolete now because it can't communicate with a satellite system but has games stored on like a RAM cartridge and some of them are incredibly rare. The one that was on mine, it does have a game. Good news. Bad news, not that rare, but it is a thing anyway, which is super interesting. Yeah. Um, we just had, like I went to Universal Studios Japan and I went to Super Nintendo World there. Where you have like a bracelet, you can choose like between Mario, um, Daisy, Peach, Yoshi, and Toad. Mm-hmm. Possibly one other green guy. I can't remember what his name is. Nah. And completely relevant. I think I tip my tongue. Yeah, and you <laughs> download an app, and the bracelet like interacts with everything across the world, and it looks exactly like like Mario. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the, like the Nintendo Mario world. It is mm-hmm. just incredible. And I had, I wasn't even planning to go there because I thought it was going to be too crowded. But I went there the day after I opened the gates up to Japan and nobody had like flooded into the country yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Had a great time. Even got the toad hat. Mm-hmm. I got the toad bracelet. I was on Team Toad. Uh, and you get to play all these mini games as well as like a Mario Kart game, and it was like a really, really fun time. Like it was really awesome. Yeah, look, the photos look really amazing. Like they, it literally looks like you're standing in like a new Super Mario Brothers, or like a super, like what's the what's the one that they, they came out on like the Wii U, like that game. Like it's like you're in that world. You yeah, know, yeah, three yeah, D like, sort of Super yeah, Mario like, Brothers world. Yeah, yeah, it's quite impressive. It it really is like that, yeah. and. I had like such a fun time. I was by myself that day because Marie and May went somewhere else and I wasn't even planning to go there, but I just kind of went, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll pay the extra like $200 for the fast passes and shit like that because like I'm not going to be able to do this again ever. And I just had the best time. And they serve beer there as well. <laughs> well, you know, that's always a plus. <laughs> I got like a kinoko, like a, a mushroom, a one, like a super mushroom drink with mm-hmm. a straw in the top of the head. I just... Drank that, filled it full of beer, and then went on the Spider-Man ride. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. It was just hilarious. Um, uh, that's great. The other things I'll say was... The three other things I'll say in terms of life was that... Number one, it was very, actually very difficult to come back to Australia after having three months off. Mm. And adapting to Japanese lifestyles. Yeah, yeah. When I went over there, it was difficult to... Like, it was not only difficult for me, but also difficult for Maria to adjust back to living Japanese life yeah because we haven't done it in that capacity for so long because we've been away because of COVID for like years yeah yeah and yeah. it took us a little while but we synced back into it and then coming back to Australia like it was particularly difficult for me because like my brain was still like but there's so much stuff you still wanted to do in Japan like I really want you to be still in Japanese mode because my personality changes slightly mm-hmm. um, the other things I wanted to mention was uh, number one Urusei Atsura Yes. Uh, my favorite manga of all time got a new anime adaption. Um, 
as opposed to the 1980s anime adaption. And so just as I was leaving, Lum was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we had all these like candies and we went to a Lum cafe in Odaiba and Lum merch everywhere. Loved it. And there was like lots of May, like lots of Lum merch and May also loved Lum. I'm not irresponsible enough to show my six-year-old daughter, Urusei Atsura. It's not appropriate. <laughs> However, she does love Lum when she electrocutes a taru. Like, right. bitty, 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 bitty. And, like, we went to the cafe where they have, like, a blank, like, a canvas of Lum electrocuting, and you can stand in front of it pretending you're electrocuted. <laughs> and and May loved that. We, we had a great time that day, and now she, she became, kind of became obsessed with Lum towards okay. the end. Okay. Um, despite the fact I haven't really shown her any Urusei Atsura. What great timing, though, for Father Lum to visit Japan. It the, really was. The and resurgence of the Lum phenomenon. It, yeah. And it really is. Like, people are knowing what Urusei Atsura is and who Lum is again. And, like, it never really fully went out of style because she's such an emblematic character of, like, the 1980s bubble economy. Mm. But, like, now she's got a new show and it's really well animated and it's based a bit more off the manga, despite the fact that they're short form and they're kind of condensed. Like, people are like, oh, yeah, Lum. Like, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite popular. Um, The last thing I'll say about my life is that I wear glasses permanently now. Right. I'm not happy about this. Mm. But the short story about this is that, like, even when I was over there and driving all over the north area of Japan, like... I was wearing my prescription sunglasses and thinking, oh, these, these kind of hurt my eyes. That's not great. And then towards the end of our tenure in Japan, Maria said, oh, you can actually get glasses here. It only takes half an hour. And I went, what the fucking fuck? <laughs> and so I went there. And like they do like a 10, 15 minute eye test. You choose your frames mm-hmm. and they make them on site and you come back within half an hour yeah. and they're made. That's amazing. And yeah. in Australia, it takes two weeks minimum. Yeah, yeah. You have to wait so long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> and the pair of glasses I got were like, Maria chose them for me, and they were Peanuts, as in Snoopy, mm. like, collaboration with Zoff, like the popular uh, glasses brand in Japan. Mm-hmm. And I put them on, and I went, holy shit, I can see. Yeah, yeah. Like, I did not know that my eyesight, I don't 100% positive that my eyesight was not that bad before I came to Japan. Something happened in Japan that degraded <clears throat> my eyesight yeah. to the point where I put on glasses and I just went, holy shit, I can see like nothing. I had no idea it had gotten gotten that bad. Yeah. And yeah. it was obviously in the, in the frame of like three months. And like, I was like constantly taking my glasses off going, well, I had no idea how blurry this is. And then when I put them on, it's like, I can see everything around me. Amazing. This is incredible. And <laughs> I, Maria was so pissed off at me because she was like, you drove all around like the northern area of Japan, like without <laughs> glasses going, I'm pretty sure this happened after that because it wouldn't have been this bad. And I had prescriptions on glass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, I am now permanently wearing glasses. One of the permanent glasses folks. I hate it. I fucking hate it so much. Um, I've I got two pairs there. I got like a blue light pair, mm. which like doesn't absorb as much light from laptops and screens and stuff like that. Which is the pair I'm wearing now, and I look good in both of them. But I'm not used to wearing glasses permanently, and I'm kind of pissed off that I need this like pair 
inside because as well as I needed these inside, I need my actual pair outside yeah. of sunglasses because of my FEVR. Anyway, in t- in, uh, I'll get through this really quickly. Um, as far as games go, um, I bought a GBA, uh, Game Boy Advance SP, uh, which in the Famicom colors when I was over there. So I played some like uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, which is like the USA version where you pluck things out of the ground yeah, for the GBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I played some Kirby games. I got a Nintendo DSi. And this is the game I played the most, which was Super Mar- New Super Mario Brothers, like yeah, the first right. new yeah. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah. That's still a really good game. Sounds like I, I know a lot of people moved on from that and kind of went, oh, new Su- Super Mario Brothers has kind of like lost its cool and stuff. If you go back to that game, it's so much fun. Yeah, right. It's really, really good. I got a PS3 original, which is meant to be backwards compatible with the PS2 oh, with HDMI, yeah, but yeah. the PS2 functionality didn't work properly, which okay. is probably why it was only like a hundred bucks. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah. I reckon I could fix it, but I didn't send it back because those things are so heavy. Mm. Um, but I did play a bit of uh, Fist of the North Star, which is like a beat 'em up game where you punch someone in 3D and they just their heads explode. <laughs> that's fucking what, brilliant. You can't get better than that, really. No. Um, what we played on today was a V Saturn and like I always thought oh V Saturn that must be like a Saturn where you can play video CD discs as well and I actually have a few video CD discs of sliders yeah I'm here to tell you right now that is not the case (laughs) they are just Sega Saturns made by Victor right Victor Company which is JVC Victor Company uh, uh, Japan Victor Company right okay okay they're the same, despite the fact that they're so sought after. They just have a slightly different color scheme. I got mine very cheap, so I'm, I don't regret it. There you go. I thought the splash screen looked a little bit different, actually. Yeah, it, it did. It just yeah. said V Saturn instead yes. of normal Saturn. And I yes. thought, oh, it can play these. And Saturns can play video CDs, except you need an extra module for them. Uh, and that goes for both the original Saturn and the V Saturn. Right. So there is actually... I'm here to tell you no difference between a normal Saturn and a V Saturn, okay. other than the the box color scheme. Buyer beware, yeah. Um, but as I said, it's okay. Like this is something I can sell on pretty easily, I reckon. Hmm. Um, I also got like X Men versus Street Fighter and a couple of other fighting games which are really popular. Uh, and I had a lot of fun messing around with that, but I didn't honestly mess around too much. With games, because we were so busy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. we had a home base, but we traveled so much. We traveled all the way up to Hokkaido. We traveled down to Osaka. I traveled personally to um, to Tokyo a lot to spend time with my friends. Because mm. I, I really missed Elchan and, like, just spending time with him. Uh, so, it was... It was really interesting, and like I sent a lot of games that I got back here to me that I didn't even play in Japan, and I'm still like going through some of those games, like Ghost in the Shell for PS1, which is like a kind of a tank strategy game, hmm. which is interesting, almost like a first-person shooter, like uh, Initial D, which is a famous racing anime racing game. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got these stuff, which I haven't played yet, because I know after I've played these games, like the holiday is like officially over. I've done everything. You want to like hang on to a few bits, like slowly trickle, trickle, trickle yeah, it out I've, over. I've almost been back for a month and I'm still like, I can't let go. Uh, I just can't let go. The one game I did play after I got back to Australia and mm-hmm. bought for myself, um, 
was Atari 50. Yes, I saw that sitting on your um, yeah. your TV unit before. Yeah, so I got that one for Switch, and I've only played about a third of it, which is like the original Atari arcade game from the 70s and early 80s. Mm. And they have like, you can play all these games, but they also have interviews and and like the flyers and fact sheets and stuff like that. So it's like a full-on timeline documentary, interactive documentary because you can play the games. Mm. And I cannot recommend this thing enough. I haven't even oh. played it fully yet. I'm going to lend it to you and insist that you go through this. Okay, okay. Because it's really fascinating timeline of Atari's history. I've seen the ads on YouTube and I was like, this sounds cool, but I've been burned before by like this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, but if it's if it's the actual ports of like, the arcade games, not the Atari it versions is. of the arcade games. Yeah, no, no, they they do have the Atari twenty six hundred games, yeah. but they're like the second in the timeline. Like right. they go through the arcades first, and yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. pretty much not all of them, but mostly fully playable. Awesome, and I love the idea of it being interspersed with like documentaries and like helping you to learn about before you play the game. Here's why it's cool, and here's why it was innovative, and th- that sounds like great actually yeah and it really is because they actually literally have like a segment on did they do drugs at atari and yes they did they actually had a dedicated pot guy and a lot of people just doing cocaine oh my god it was the 70s you know i'm not gonna blame anyone it's a fascinating look though interesting yeah i kind of like i was playing the games and like going the games are fun but i kind of want more videos about atari like representatives and stuff like that right um, so I will lend you that game Sounds after awesome. I've uh, had had my way with it. I would love to borrow that from you, yeah, um, so to speak. But basically, I I could just talk about Japan for hours and hours and hours. I had yeah. such a good time. Maria had such a good time. May had such a good time. Uh, we went all over. We saw lots of friends. We did lots of things. I even kept a journal in like an Urusayatsura notebook that I had from the eighties. <laughs> I got lots of merch. Um, Unfortunately, um, we couldn't get C-mail because C-mail was banned from mm. Australia because, like, there was no airmail. Uh-huh. Everything got clogged and they noticed that people were sending lots of illegal things through. Right. So right. they kind of stopped it for a while and now I think they're finally getting back to it. So we have several boxes full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like four or five massive boxes that need to come back to Australia from Japan. Right, okay. So I'm really looking forward to those, but uh, I can wait. <laughs> I can definitely wait. And now I, um, I've talked myself almost hoarse, so I do believe you have a quiz for me. Yeah, look, I, I've, I feel bad. Like, I'm, I kind of feel like we have so much to talk about. We could keep going for like another hour easily, but easily. maybe, maybe we can save some of that for our next episode, which I'm sure will be really soon. Um, <laughs> look, we can't fall behind the Americans. Is well, all I'm going to say. On average, we're still beating them in terms we, of uploading. We still are definitely. over the last two years. We've uploaded way more than they have. Mm. Um. But, you know, this had a recent little blip on the radar, but that's fine. Just a little little anomaly, let's yeah. say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, can't, we can't let them have the glory. That's right. Okay, uh, so... So, I've got a quiz to round out our episode. Okay. Now, this quiz is not based on anything that I've been playing or you've been playing. Oh, dear. It's just an idea that came to me the other day. Because something that has been grinding my gears recently, I see. Something uh-huh. been, it's, been, it's been yanking my chain. Oh, dear. Um... Uh, so I don't know if you watch you watch a lot of YouTube videos. They see they they advertise video games to me because the algorithm knows that I, I'm a video gamesman. Um, and one ad that's been coming up a fair bit for me recently is Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. And I thought, wait a minute, no, that came out already. That came out 13 freaking years ago. But in fact, it's a reboot. But it's a reboot with the exact same name as the original game. 
So I decided to make a quiz oh, no. about reboots where they just name it the same thing as the original game because oh, that won't confuse anyone, will it? No. Some examples of games. <laughs> this is just examples that are not in the quiz. Okay. Like, for example, Killer Instinct came out in 1994. I had that And then game. in 2013, they released Killer Instinct. That's not going to confuse anyone, is it? Well, then in, in, not unless you see the graphics. <laughs> in 2007, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1. Yep. In 2019, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Again, and one, then one, I suppose. One, yeah, same. Well, they didn't call it one. It was just called Call of Duty: Modern Warfare, and then they released the exact same game again. And then now they've done this really confusing thing of Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two, that is a reboot of Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. My brain is hurting. I need a um, drink. Yeah. I need several drinks. <laughs> right. I need like three timelines worth of drinks. So I'm going to read out the name of a game, and you're going to tell me if they've rebooted that game with the exact same name. Okay, all right. Okay. I, I kind of like this. I'm very interested because I'm not sure I'm going to get anything right here, but I'm very interested to see if it okay, happens so, or not. So the game quiz is called... It's a poorly named quiz like most of my quizzes are. Mm-hmm. The same name, Reboot Game. <laughs> I, all right. Like, it's a terrible name, <laughs> but but it works because it rhymes, and I hate that. I hate <laughs> you for that. All right, I did a lot of these. Thanks to GiantBomb.com because they have a list of these. Okay. Which is great. All right, so question number one. Number is this one. a same name reboot game? Okay. God of War. Yes. Correct. They released 2005, the original. Yep. And then they released the reboot in 2018. I think you actually played this one. I did. Yeah. Boy. Because I, the main reason <laughs> I played it is because it had Chris, Chris Judge, who played Tilk in Stargate SG1. Right. Yep. And he was just like, indeed. And boy. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm sold. Even though I, I'm terrible at these sorts of games and I was terrible at it and I couldn't finish it. I, I really wanted to hear Chris Judge. All right. So that's one. That's a bit of a, a, bit of a, a softball that I threw you there. Mm-hmm. All right. How about this? Assassin's Creed. Very popular game. Very popular franchise. Been around for a while. No. False. Co- correct. Correct. They have never... Re- they have never... They have done a lot of re-releases. They have. A lot of sequels. And a lot on even the PSP and the Vita. But they even. have never done Assassin's Creed. And just just like, left and nothing. Not, yeah, and not it's never been another. fully rebooted. It's always been continuation. Exactly, and they've always added like a two or a, some sort of semicolon. Yeah, thing. they've always had a title after yeah. the first one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, how about this one? Samurai Showdown. Oh, you motherfucker! Um, I am pretty okay with the original samurai showdowns um but i get the feeling they have rebooted it recently so i'm gonna say true correct yes 2019 they re-released samurai showdown again they did yeah because they they went through like samurai showdown there was actually a few ports on the sega saturn Mm. uh, as well as other ones that didn't have a number behind them but they did have like a um like subtext yeah this Uh, one was just like it was literally samurai showdown yeah and I'm pretty sure they rebooted it because at yeah. that stage it had been like over five years since they had a had a game out. Yeah. So there you go. How about Castlevania? Ooh. Have false. they released a game with just called oh, Castlevania? Actually just called Castlevania. No no colon, no two, so no three. This is tricky because they could have released one on the MX two and then on the NES. So I'm gonna say Ooh. true. Oh, you overthought it, unfortunately. Yeah, false. False. Oh, really? Yeah, there's never, they've never re... In terms of... I think that might be like some... What you might call like a port or something of some sort. But but like, they've never actually gone ahead and gone, this is Castlevania again. 
Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this is this is interesting. This is or like a semantic. It's a semantic one because the yeah. the one that was on MSX two by Konami was completely different to the one that was on the NES. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 They were both called Castlevania, or at least a mm. Commando Dracula, whatever. Maybe I'll give you a point for that then, because I didn't even know that. Um, there were different games because the original MSX version couldn't side scroll, so you'd like beat one screen at and a, a time. screen at a time. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah, okay. Maybe uh, I'll give you a point for that because I didn't know that. So it's yeah. nebulous as to what it was actually called. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been different names in Japan, but I'll, I'll let you have that point All because. Right, okay. It's a bit of a technicality, I guess. Yeah, it is a bit of a technicality, just because it's not a remake, but it's kind of it's almost like it's uh, it's like the NES style yeah. versus the MSX style, yeah. but they were basically made like a year apart. Yeah, from memory, yeah. it's sort of like a grey area one. Let's say it is. All right, how about Banjo Kazooie? Uh, so you had Banjo Kazooie, then Banjo Tooie, and then Banjo Nuts. Nuts and bolts. Uh, I'm going to say that's false. Correct. Yes, they've not done a Banjo Kazooie reboot where they just named it Banjo Kazooie. No. no, that has not happened. Yet. They've had a lot of ones, and <laughs> yeah. they've even had like a a spiritual successor. Yes, they had that one. Yeah, but it wasn't the same. No. It wasn't. It wasn't actually a reboot. All right. How about this one? Similar kind of vein. Ratchet and Clank. Oh, we're heading into territory which I'm actually quite unfamiliar with because I've never completed a Ratchet and Clank game before. Uh, I'm going to say, well, they've all got subtitles. But I'm going to say true. Correct. Yes. Ratchet and Clank came out in 2002. Yep. And then Ratchet and Clank came out in 2016. Okay. Um, All right. This one you'll probably get, but mm-hmm. let's see. Let's. Okay. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe you'll prove me wrong. Uh, Contra. Uh, true. No, no. The closest is Contra 3D, but in terms of just calling it Contra. Oh, okay. So we're, to- we're we're differentiating between the original arcade and the NES version. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm not treating that as like a different. Okay. Game. Okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, I'm, yeah. it's not, I kind I, of, I'm, I'll call that in the category of a port, even though it's, if it's a bad port or a very different port. It's, it's, it's very different. It, it's yeah. incredibly different. Like yeah. the, I think the original uh, Contra was actually a vertical screen game, whereas the uh, with different level designs. Yeah, yeah. According Again, to the NES, I feel like maybe you'd be better at doing this quiz than I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like my my thought is like kind of like it's it's not it's not a. It is a port, but it's also not. I at guess the same it's, time. I guess what I'm talking about is a reboot versus yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, versus yeah. like a. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really respecting the yeah. the semantics of this. Yeah. So yeah, I got that one wrong. I'm happy yeah. to admit that one. That's okay. Just think about. I'm thinking. Yeah, reboots. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. All right. Question number nine. King's Quest. <sighs> this is tricky because I know they did one recently with Chris Lloyd. I'm going to say true. Correct. Yes, 2015, not that long ago. No. In the big scheme of things. Um, they did a, a reboot, which I think was well received. It was um, fairly well received because it was like there was a lot of live action segments and Chris Lloyd uh, from Doc from Back to the Future was like voicing them. Like mm-hmm. he's t- talking to his son about his past adventures. Yeah. And he's like going, 
And every time you die, he goes, ha ha, but we both know that didn't actually happen. And then you like reset to, uh, to something else. Clever. Yeah, yeah. It was a, like a, a clever Sierra reboot, uh, so to speak. Just a, a great nostalgia piece. I mean, yeah. I remember those games like Bard's Quest and King's Quest and stuff from back in the day. Yeah. Bit of fondness. Space Quest too. God, everyone forgets about Space Quest. Um, question number 10 AC. Rounding out the quiz. Okay. Did they ever just reboot Sonic the Hedgehog and call it Sonic the Hedgehog? That's a technicality, isn't it? Again, yeah. don't think ports. Don't think... Yes, they did. No, incorrect. Unless you can prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, like, this would involve going... Like, I do have... Oh, like, is the Master System version significantly different from the Mega Drive? I'm not counting that. That's that's a port, just a weird one, you know? Like uh, a, like, it's not a reboot. They weren't like, hey, remember Sonic? They weren't thinking about it in that way. Like that's true, but I'm, I'm, like, I'm thinking like yeah, the, the 2006 okay. version versus the 2000. Uh, oh, there were 2006 oh, version. Was it called just called Sonic the Hedgehog? It could have been called Sonic Adventures, actually. Yeah, I feel like the tricky part with this is that there's a lot of semantics. The word here. reboot is very like it's very nebulous. Nebulous, yeah, yeah. Like oh, and yeah. because there was like a like there was a Dreamcast version and there was like an Xbox version that was vastly different, but it was still in the same vein. And it was still called mm. and people called like Sonic 06. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I wonder then maybe maybe there is. Let's have a look. All right, all right. Let's uh, let's answer this. Okay, uh, uh, l- let me go to my collection because I know I've got. <laughs> He's wandering off into his games room, people. For those. That- Playing along at home. You're right. No, you're right. I'm wrong. I'll give you points for that. I am completely wrong. It's called Sonic the Hedgehog. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I take it all. I take it all back. Oh, how funny! But yeah, like in the West. Yep. Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. There you go. So I am a bad quiz master. And you are the master of quizzes, and you're also a bad person. So, <laughs> look, you have no idea how much full of like, like <laughs> nebulous, like irrelevant shit my my head is full of. No, no, there, okay. I can actually think of three games that are called Sonic the Hedgehog, mm. and that are completely different games because the original Sonic the Hedgehog for Master System is completely is a, is a different. Completely different game. Yeah, I will. I will agree. I would. I and, and but I it's not a reboot. Yeah, it's not really a reboot because it came out contemporaneously yeah you know i think it, that's probably where i draw the line is like it, it a reboot can't be something that came out within a year or two of the first game it has to be like a significant enough amount of time for people to be like man i used to love that game let's remake it you know yeah um and i don't get that but yeah like the amount of times that they've tried to reboot the sonic the hedgehog Sonic's franchise. a dangerous one because there's so many <laughs> reboots and so many different reimaginings it's sonic generation it. sonic colors sonic adventure which is also called sonic the hedgehog sonic, sonic is almost like a religion at this point no you know it's like the the, the the religion of sonic the hedgehog is the the faith the blind faith that this game is so good that it's worth trying to reboot. <laughs> that is the religion of Sonic the Hedgehog. That's how I feel about the Star Wars movies. <laughs> it's like, one day, we're going to remake it, and it's going to be just as good as the original. It's like, the original was good, but it wasn't as good as you think yeah. it was. As Playing Revolution. Sonic Mania really made that clear to me when I was like, this is exactly like the first game, and it's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really good, but I hate it. I, God, I love it. so fucking annoying. <laughs> is this what the first game was like? And yeah. it's really, so I won that one. Uh, yeah. AC, you won that handily, seven, and you also proved me 
to be not as much of a video gamesman. It's look, it's such a be. nebulous concept. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like I'm happy for you to have four points and me to have six, mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. have you have a bit more of a win, although I still win, mm-hmm. than me because it's like. Yeah, it's tricky. It, it is incredibly tricky. No, I got and the last one completely wrong. Like, there is literally a game called Sonic the Hedgehog that came out 13 years after the original or something. 14 yeah. years after. That's, yeah, that's just me not re- researching properly. And But, um, like, Sonic the Hedgehog is such a difficult one to yeah. end on because, mm-hmm. like, there are, there are so many ones called Sonic 2. Yeah. And, like, there's Sonic and Colors, Sonic and Knuckles, and, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic 3 happen to be the same game or are they separate? Like, how mm-hmm. would you differentiate those? It's such a a weird concept and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe this is the one and only time we'll play same name reboot game, but I do enjoy saying it. Yeah, so look, it's, it's a fun thing to say. I would really <laughs> like you to go back and like, I get the feeling Sierra games would be like a tra- kind of a treasure trove for that mm. sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there you go. At the end of, I think we've reached the end of episode 109 AC. I think yeah. we've done it. We've managed to do it. We've beaten the Americans. <laughs> At their just, own game. Just like we did once, maybe in that yacht race in the 80s. We, we've beaten them at least once. This the is the American, second time we've, this the is the Cup, second yeah. time we've beaten the Americans. <laughs> I'm going to count this as a victory, even though they've recorded and uploaded twice in the last month. And we've only done this once. I'm going to call it a- we've done, In this calendar year of 2022, <laughs> right. we've still beat them. A yearly average... A yearly average is still far surpasses. And we really need to drum that home to Cody. Yeah. Uncle so, Stabo won't fucking care because he doesn't he doesn't yeah. care about fucking anything. He'll be all like, well, but recently, you know, me, 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 me. Yeah, me, me, me. But, but Cody, being, this, being the, the wise and thoughtful man that he is, will recognize that he has indeed been beaten by the best. And that's okay. It's okay to be beaten by the best. <laughs> well, we are, we are better than Cody. <laughs> I will say that. Like, right I think now. both of us together are better than Cody, but I think John might be better than both of us. But he can't be... F- he can't be asked. Yeah, he's too busy selling drugs out of his drug shop. <laughs> we, they call them like pharmacies over there, but whatever. Crack den. He is a crack den. He's a drug mule. <laughs> Gamora shot off his fucking ass. I'd like to say, let's read the copy, but I don't actually have copy no, anymore. Like, we don't we, do the copy. I think we're still part of some kind of network. I don't maybe. think we are actually. I think we got kicked off. Well, we long ago stopped using their like little intro sequences and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did like a like a funny uh, like. Um, booster for their pro like for the uh the gonna geek network yeah. and they said uh that was really funny but can you guys do that again but serious and we didn't and yeah. then i think we got kicked off well here's the thing here's the thing i see yeah. i don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth yep but um i went on their website yep when we'd signed up to it okay and i couldn't find our podcast anywhere this is when we were still putting their little ads in the front of our <laughs> our, our like we were still diligently. Hilarious. This is before spreadsheet gate, as I like to call it, where I overwrote everyone's <laughs> podcast notes with my own. Yeah, um, that was an accident. I stand by that. Uh, that was not. That was not a malicious act. Um, You're an Australian. But Everything look, we do is a malicious act. But I, 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 I say this with all the love I have for SP. I think is his name, and the other guy, yeah. Stargate SP. I don't think they ever put our Stargate podcast on their website. <laughs> I don't think they ever did it. I don't think they ever once featured our podcast on their website anywhere um but that being said they're great guys they're great blokes yep love them all we'll lock go out check blokes. out better podcasting because you'll learn like not to do what we do yeah it's basically it is genuinely good it's if we never take anything seriously no. because it's who we are we and did it's what try we, do. we tried for a while but we tried for like two weeks which is a while I feel for like Australia. A little bit longer than that, but it is funny how every time I visited the website I could never find our podcast and I was like I'm sure they'll put it up eventually they never did they never did. 
And in the Australian tradition of giving up on things when they're too annoying or difficult and you don't see much benefit to it, we gave up on this thing because it was annoying and difficult and we didn't see much benefit to it. No. <laughs> so but we're, we're still hitching our wagons to, like, US... Uh, <laughs> That's right. Cody's, okay. Cody Goff's star, the star podcaster, award-winning podcaster Cody Goff. Yep. We are the little... I don't know, with a wagon that's rattling along behind his stuff. Where his little red caboose, <laughs> that's right. if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, with a little mites, with a little parasites. Which is funny because like, we've been doing much more podcasts than he has. <laughs> and he loves us, that's the thing. Like He listens to us and like laughs and cacks his ass off and goes, you guys should do more. Like, mm. And we go, wow, we have a fan who's like, like actually like cultured in this particular subject and then we don't do any more. No. But we, we do want to do more because we really enjoy doing this. I think um, we should create our own podcast network. And we'll, we'll, we'll think of a, a, like a, a fun name and have like a logo and then we'll, we'll just give up on it as well. It'll be great. <laughs> That's basically what we've done like three <laughs> times already. <laughs> and we'll just claim that we're sponsored by Coke or something when we're not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cocaine. Okay. We're, we're sponsored by Coca-Cola. No, CC. Coca-Cola? No, crack cocaine. Colombian cocaine. <laughs> the world's finest cocaine. Oh, well. Always fine. choose Colombian. <laughs> um, yes, we'll, we'll do all of that. Definitely not. Look, we are planning to do a few more. I'm going to be in Australia for a very long time to come. I don't think I can get out of the country for like the next year. No. Um, Rob and I have a lot of fun recording this. Yeah, we'll try and do more. We will. Uh, Rob's going to be away for a while, so nothing. Don't expect anything for this month, but no. we're still beating the Americans. Maybe January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. January would be good. Um, I think it should be a little bit more quiet then and we can actually play some games together. Yeah. Like more of a long-term sort of thesis-wise. Because yeah. we, um, like, we, we do like to play games together. It's just that like we just don't have time. But mm-hmm. hopefully mm-hmm. this January we can find some time. I think we had a Worms tournament in mind at some point. So we might do that. We did. Yeah. We do. Yeah. Yes. I think we've already reviewed that game, but I'm happy to review it again. Yeah. Or well, just just play some Worms, because God damn it, it's great. It is great. Um, and so is this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. All 12 of you. <laughs> we really appreciate you. We love you. We want to give you our children, but we can't legally. <laughs> Please take our children. (laughs) And we'll catch you next time.